Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas, with your host, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton. Hey folks, this is Nate, your producer. I just wanted to give you a fair warning that we talk a lot about COVID in this episode and uh, not a whole lot about oil and gas news. If you don't want to hear us ramble on about COVID and actually just want to hear the, the oil and gas news, you can skip ahead to minute 38 and 40 seconds. Thank you. And we're back with the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. This is episode 164. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, my friend and co-host, Ryan Ray. Ryan Rosemont is over. Yeah, let's, let's listen. Before you say anything else, let's just tell the listeners we're going to do how the show is going to go. Because you might spark something. The Kindle is there. The, 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 dry, the dry leaves are there. You might flick the cigarette butt onto it and light the whole thing up. So let's just, before we say anything else, let's just say what's going to happen. We're going to announce the winner of Roast Month. Okay? We're going to do that first. Then we received a three-star review dealing with the COVID. We will deal with that review. And then we will talk about oil and gas news. So if you don't want to hear the COVID talk, then, you know, you can skip ahead till you hear the end of the screaming and hollering. <laughs> so I'm just going to tell, tell you now. Also, also, maybe need a post with you. So I got, uh, we are going to be selling uh, some of these. They're kind of like a tumbler. I don't know if I, I, put a, I put a picture on our Texas One Guest podcast Instagram. And so here's what we're doing. Um, we are going to be selling some of those. Or, or if you really love us, you say, you know what? These guys are morons. Um, I would rather I would rather support their idiocy than let them suck the government's t- forever because of the devastation of the COVID oil and gas podcast. We are going to link up a link to the war room, which is where we cover geopolitical news. Um, and so for 90 bucks for a year, and once you sign up, it's forever. So you get 90 bucks no matter what the price is, forever and ever. We'll throw in one of these text oil and gas podcasts. I don't want to call them tumblers because they're not tumblers. They're uh, what, what do you call this thing? They're a big... Big water, dual insulated it's hot bowl. It's got, huh? It's an allergen, a water bottle. Okay, listen, 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 okay. It's more than a water bottle, okay? It's got two lids. It goes hot and cold. It doesn't sweat. Uh, anyways, so if you sign up, we'll throw in one of those for the year. If you sign up for the year, we'll throw, we'll, we'll throw in one of those. And you'll support your boys over here at Text One Guest Podcast. And you'll get to listen to us rant and rave um, on all kinds of stuff. China, Iran. Uh, U.S. politics, and so we'll throw in a, one of those. We'll text on this podcast local. We're getting those made, and the winner of the roast month, which we're about to announce, gets one of these as well. So we're getting those made up. Uh, I think we're getting one little size smaller than this one. So, anyways, we'll link to that in the show notes, and so you can sign up. And then once those are out, we will be sending those out. Um, okay, Josh, roast month. A winner is who is it, Josh? What what what's the name was? It's the one trash. trashy, something trash. Yeah, yeah, a lot of trash. Yeah, Oilfield Trash 94. And I think the line that really that really got this is the reason the audio quality is so bad is because they have to record outside in the garage, even though their own wives don't want to, oh, because even though their own wives don't listen to their bull crap. These guys take teddy bears and sit them in a semicircle to give the false impression that they have an audience. That, <laughs> you know, that's just that's just glorious. That's glorious. So Oilfield Trash 94, if you find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever. Um, we will soon get one of those new Tumblr, not, not Tumblr, whatever those things are. Um, we'll, we'll do that. Now, one of the thing is, Josh, we, Nate is trying to catch up with me and you. He's trying to be like us. I can't blame him. Uh, so we want to wish Nate and Amy a congratulations as they had their first child over the weekend. So Nate, uh, we don't really hear from you, but we just want to tell you congratulations as, as you're muted. So thanks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't get to 300, Josh. We didn't get 300. We got to 282. Disappointing. So if you want to give us, so if you want to give Nate a five-star baby review, he didn't do anything from what I understand. His wife did all the work, but if you want to give him a five-star baby, baby, baby review, that's there. I blame this on one person, one person only, Sergio Chapa. He could have covered this, this quest for 300, but he didn't just like he didn't cover the Barnett show. Okay. Here we go. Do you want to read this, Josh? Or do you want me to read this? Cause I don't know if I can get through it or not. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm going to read it and then we will, it's, it's broken into basically two parts. Uh, so we'll read it and then we'll just, uh, then we'll, we'll answer it and, uh, go from there. 
Right, this is from Granite State Tom, uh, titled Parent, just listening to the July 7th issue. I live in New Hampshire and I've listened for a while to get a different view of the events of the past few months. I've been very sympathetic to the suffering this has been causing, but I'm less impressed by the mental gymnastics you've been going through recently. Number one, the press has never said we're all going to die, nor has it recently oh, revealed. Oh, okay. Hey, stop right there. Stop. Okay. Do people not understand how language works? It's called hyperbole, man. Hyperbole. I don't think for one second that they got out there and literally said, we are all going to die. Like, do you actually think that's what we think down here in Texas? I mean, how stupid do we have to believe to actually think that the media was literally saying 7 billion plus people are going to die? Like, do we, do you think we, does he think we thought that, Josh? That's what I, I yeah. Has he ever read a book and isn't, do they have books in New Hampshire? I know they've, I know they're still on the, the, the rabbit ears for TV. So they get like three channels and one of them's NPR. But have you ever read a fiction novel in your entire life? Because if so, you would know that people speak and they have words and they talk and sometimes they're really serious and sometimes they're kind of being loose with their words. Everybody reads fiction in New England. It's called the New York Times. Oh, we're getting them, brothers. They coming. They getting theirs in a minute. But does he literally think that we really meant we're all going to die? Does he think that's what we meant? Does he think that we think our audience members are so stupid that we'd have to nuance everything? I mean, obviously some of them are. But does he really think that's what's going on? I mean, yeah. did you think everyone's going to die, Josh? Did you think the media was telling us the coronavirus is going to kill us all? No. Oh, wow. I mean, what? what, what? All right, I'm muting. Go ahead. Well, just, just as a point of clarification there, so um, just, just to point out what, what we were referring to when we said everybody's going to die, it was a hyperbole for the reports originally said. Huh? We're all equally going to die. Yeah, it, wa it wasn't affecting any one group more than another. It wasn't specifically you know, terrorizing. The you point, know. yes, the point, we were, I had to go and listen to the tape because I don't know what was said. But let me clarify it for Mr. or Mrs. whoever this is, Granite States, Tom, whatever. The point we're trying to get at is there was no nuance. There was no balance in the reporting. And I will read to you the actual report in a minute to show you why we're frustrated. But um, because, Josh, I think we said on the show, what was frustrating was is that we, us three morons who obviously don't can't read the news, um, knew that this was not what was actually happening. We knew that this was being reported falsely. And that's what was so frustrating. That we, three idiots down here in the state of Texas, knew that it was disproportionately affected the elderly. And the media did not nuance that out. So if you want to talk about nuance or you want to say this, that, or the other, that's what we're referring to. Now, we're not the New York Flippin' Times or the Washington Post. We are an opinion show, mainly comedy. That's not very funny, but an opinion show. And so we're not claiming to be the New York Times. The New York Times claims to be the New York Times. And that's the difference or the Washington Post or whoever. So for the love of God, if people do not understand how language works in this country more, I'm going to mute. Go ahead. In fact, it's becoming more clear that all susceptible to the effect, all are susceptible to effects of the virus. Okay. We'll, we'll address that here in a minute. Uh, number two, as you complain about government overreach, shutting things down, keep in mind that here in new England, our tyrants have gotten okay, under okay, control. Okay. <clears throat> go ahead. Go, go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead. Go ahead. So, let's finish. Let's finish. Mm -hmm. We're easing up and getting back to normal with one exception. We're wearing masks and socially distancing, which isn't so bad. We think as we watch Texas, Florida, Oklahoma, and Georgia act to take their states and the rest of the country down. If you want to visit, you'll have to quarantine. So who in the hell wants to visit New Hampshire? <laughs> who wants to visit New Hampshire? No one. They got, no, no, we can't find on the map. New Hampshire. I think anyone wants to go to New Hampshire. Have you? Like Vermont's have you, upside down cousins. <laughs> have, 
you ever thought, hey, we're going to map out a trip and we're going to go to New Hampshire. If that wasn't on like the, if you're talking about states in the U.S., that would be somewhere between the 46th and 50th option you'd pick. You would pick a place like Mississippi or Alabama over New Hampshire. because Delaware. Del- well, well, you know, Delaware, you know, yeah, probably. Uh, but, you know, you even pick some of these southern states because they got the beach, they got offshore fishing. New Hampshire, no one, no one cares about New Hampshire. Like, Canada does. I don't even – go ahead. Yes. All right. There we go. So if you want to reopen and get back to normal, you might want to balance your message because this is going to last a long time if your governors don't wise up and govern, govern for the safety of all. Safety of all. all right. Okay. All right. Go ahead, yeah, Josh. Go ahead. Go, go, go. Uh, I, I was about to say. So I, I read that and I thought, well, well, part of the goal of the of the original shutdown was to flatten the curve, flatten. and the goal of flattening the curve was to make it last longer. If I'm correct, because what we were afraid was that too many people would get it too fast, and and that means that the coronavirus would actually have a shorter lifespan or a shorter duration. So there may it may come back with permutations next year, which it still may, but. In terms of how long it was going to last, the goal was to make it last longer by shutting things down. So I'm, I'm curious if, if if we understand what's going on properly, um, I, I don't know, I don't know why he's saying that it's going to last a long time in Texas because we're all getting it more rapidly right now. I don't, I, mean, I don't, you know, this gentleman wants to go into facts, Josh. Let's just let's just go into a little bit of facts here because he keeps. He's from New Hampshire, which, again, is completely irrelevant to anything. You should have given us a one-star, bro. You come in here like this, you should have given us a one-star. We're going to get some one-stars for this, and that's okay. I'm, I'm ready for that. I can take a one-star for this one. Uh, Nate, you're the geography whiz here. Can you tell me which of these states is in New England or not? Just so I'm clear here, is Nate on the horn. Nate, you're on the horn. You're not unmuted. Yeah, unmuted. I'm here. Okay. Yeah. New York, New England or not? Yep, that's New England. Okay. New Jersey, New England or not? That's New England. Massachusetts, New England or not? Yeah. California? California is not New England, but they barely might as outside, well be. Okay, barely outside New England. Okay. What about Illinois? Illinois? Uh, no. No. Illinois, okay. What about Pennsylvania? Uh, what? Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania is, yeah. What about Michigan? No. Florida? No. Connecticut? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Um, we'll just say, yeah. Massachusetts. We'll count them as part of it. And nobody cares whether Connecticut. Uh, I don't identifies think New York is in coast. New England. Is New York? Who cares? We're down here in Texas. Like we give a rat's butt what New England is, but whatever. Well, actually, Josh. So fun thing about New York, they got their name from a county in England. So we're going to say that they're part of New England, whether they like it or not. Uh, New England, according to Google, is Connecticut, Maine, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, and Vermont. I don't. Okay. And so New York would be on the western boundary of that. Yeah. So the greater New England area, we'll call it. The greater New England, the larger metropolitan sprawling area. Uh Um, So Connecticut is in New England, um, for sure. Okay. Uh, And Connecticut has, what's the population of Connecticut here for you you, you folks? We said Connecticut. Right? Right? We said that, didn't we? Did I dream that? Yeah, Connecticut's in there. Okay. Connecticut. Population, do y'all know? Do not. Uh, three and a half million people. Are you looking that up or are you guessing? I'm looking it up. Okay. So three and a half million people. Okay. They have more deaths at the time of this recording than Texas does. Oh, you mean Texas that has, wait for it, 29 million people in it? Hmm. We have just, we have 300, again, this is as of, uh, 10 a.m. Central Time on Monday morning. We have 339,000 positive test cases, and they and they have 47,000, and they have more deaths than us. Well, I'm glad they got it under control. I'm glad, man. I'm gonna tell you something. I'm glad they got that thing whipped up there. Thank God. Woo, woo. Now, New York and New Jersey, which are just outside. Oh, we said Massachusetts, right? We said Massachusetts was in New England. Yeah. Oh, Massachusetts. Wait, hold on. Massachusetts. How many, how, what's the population of Massachusetts? Do we know? Does anyone know? I don't Too many. know. I know how to spell that word. Massachusetts population is 6.893 million deaths, 8,431. Double. Total cases, only 113,000. It's like, and then 
You got New York, New Jersey, which are just outside the fringe there. Uh, they have 32,000 deaths in New York, uh, 15,000 in New Jersey. So let's see, 32 and 15 is 47, right? That's right, yeah. yeah. And another eight is what? Uh, that's in the 55 range. And then what, 60,000 deaths more, roughly? Is that what it's roughly something like that? Yeah, it's not like half of all the country's death is right up there in that. Oh, wow, we got total deaths. Half of all global deaths. We've got like 143,000 total U.S. deaths and 60,000 in that area. God, I, I mean, if they didn't get it under control, whew, what, yeah, what imagine, would we do? Imagine what would have happened if those clever, clever New Englanders hadn't brought, brought the virus under control. Oh, it's We'd be eating each other right now. Yeah, it's only going to get worse for Tom here. Um, this is the New York Times. This is one of those those papers that you'd like to read. So we'll just read some facts here for you. More than 40%, four zero of U.S. coronavirus deaths are linked to nursing homes. This is updated July 15th, which is five days ago. 40% of the U.S. coronavirus deaths are linked to nursing homes. Now, weren't we just saying a few minutes ago we were frustrated because no one was talking about this? Like, this is, the, this is what we were frustrated about? Yeah. That these are the people to protect? Now, how many people from nursing homes have died in, in, in New York? Do, you know, do, you, do we know that number? It's huge. I did recently. Uh, it's, it's really big. Um, like 6,000 or something, right? Yeah. I mean, wait, it can't be 6,000. No, it actually is. It's something like no, that. No, no, Nate. Hold on. Hold on. It can't be 6,000. Um because that would mean that they have more nursing home deaths than we do. Like it can't, it can't, you see what I'm saying? Like it can't be that because they would have more nursing home deaths in New York than, than we have here. Uh, no, Ryan. No, it, no, it can't, it can't be Nate. I'm telling you, it can't be their governors. They're so sophisticated in the Northeast. They're so educated. They use language in such a wait. They have the best 6, word. 6,062. Oh my gracious. 6,062. Wow. 6,062. Twice as many Back on May 29th. Josh, how do you account for something like that? Like, what kind of person sends the COVID patient to the nursing home? I mean, surely not. I mean, that's not tyrannical. That's, um, God, there's probably a worse word for that. What kind of person does that? Stupid. Well, I mean, if you're being generous, people, yes. you call them stupid, yeah. Or, I mean, yeah. It may have been strategic. Connecticut has 2,997 nursing home deaths, right? Um, Pennsylvania has 4,112. Massachusetts has 5,303. Texas, Texas has 4,063 deaths. Total. 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 Yeah, the New, New Jersey has 6,732 nursing home deaths. New York has 6,497. This is updated. Um, so let's see here. So uh, there's one. So, so New Jersey, New York, Massachusetts, and Pennsylvania all have more deaths as of the time of this recording in nursing homes than the state of Texas has, period. So do not come on my review and talk about, I don't know what I'm talking about. And don't mock me when I call them tyrants. Your leadership in the Northeast literally sent people to their deaths by sending COVID patients to long-term nursing home facilities. And it's, it's disgusting to me that you want to put some flippant review because you're in New Hampshire and you think that you're some kind of smart guy, despite the fact knowing that we were using hyperbole. Now, if you want to wear your mask in your car as you go to in your vegan leather suede Tesla thing that you go to Whole Foods, I don't care. Go do it. You don't see anyone else in New Hampshire anyways. You're already socially distanced. So, good Lord. like, But, but you know, I'm not done. Not done because you done got me fired up on a Monday. Okay, <clears throat> let's go back to the headlines for this moron who doesn't know how to read. <sighs> March 2020, the best out, the best case outcome for the coronavirus and the worst out case. This is an opinion piece. To be fair, 
We will, will we endure 2.2 million deaths? Whoa, 2.2 million deaths. Okay. Well, there's the thing. It's talking about flattening the curve and, and stuff like that. So it's an opinion piece. Surely the New York times didn't report it as fact. Uh Oh, uh Oh, uh Oh, March, March 17th behind the virus report that jarred the U S and the UK to action. It wasn't so much the numbers themselves frightening. They, uh, though they were as reported as who reported them, the Imperial college of London. Hmm. American officials said the report, which projected up to 2.2 million deaths in the United States for, from such spread, also influenced the White House to strengthen its measures. Now, let me just read that slowly because I can talk fast again. American officials said the report, which projected up to 2.2 million deaths in the United States from such a spread, also influenced the White House to strengthen its measures to isolate members of the public. Imperial College has advised the government on its response to previous epidemics, including SARS, avian flu and swine flu. It goes on to talk about um, Dr. Neil Ferguson, da, da, da. Okay. So Josh, 2.2 million deaths. Okay. Um, when you hear that number, you think 2.2 million people are going to die, right? Yeah. Is there any indication who's going to die? No. So when I go to the report, this is the actual report here. And it says that, Symptomatic cases requiring hospitalization. Now, this is from, just so we're clear, this was issued on March 16th of 2020, going back to the original source, because in New Hampshire, they don't, they don't do stuff like that. So here in Texas is what we do. <laughs> Percentage of symptomatic cases requiring hospitalization. March, this is the report, the two million death report. How many? Guess what it says, Josh. Just guess what percentage of a zero to nine required symptomatic cases, uh, requiring hospitalization. Two. Point one. Wow. Percentage of symptomatic cases requiring hospitalization, point one. Point one. Okay. It's unreal. 10 to 19. Percentage of symptomatic cases requiring hospitalization. You want to guess? Point two. Close, point three. Yeah. 20 to 29 symptomatic cases requiring hospitalization. 0. 0.5. 1.2. 30 to 39. I'll go through it. Let's speed up here. 3.2. 40 to 49. 4.9. So we ain't cracked five yet. 50 to 59. Now you crack five. You're at 10.2%. So from 40 to 50, you see the number double. From 60 to 69, it's at 16.6%. From 70 to 79, it's at 24.3%. And 80 plus is 27.3. How, how does that hit you when you hear it? Of course, this is not news. But is this what the media told us back in March? No, oh, that's not how the media reported that report. I mean, that no. report was not communicated in that fashion. Because basically what it would have said was if you're under 45, you, you if you get it, you know, you're, you're, you're probably going to be on average two to 3% to need any hospitalization, you know, average two and a half percent probably. Cause if you factor in the infants, the 19 to 20 and all that, it, it'll, you're probably at 3% hospitalization rate. So if a hundred people get it, three would end up going to the hospital. 97 would be fine at home. That would have been the report if you're under 40. So then it would, you would have said, well, now that we know that these people are relatively safe, what we need to do is focus on that group that group that New York blundered so bad when they sent COVID patients to the very people who were going to be hospitalized at the highest rate. 27.3%. But hold on. It's actually worse than that, Josh, real quick. Let me cut you off here. Of those, so when you get above 50, okay. So real quick. So the percentage of hospitalization cases that require critical care. Okay. So we're going to the, so the, the same groups, but if you go to the hospital, what percent require critical care? So again, zero to nine is 0.1%. You go to the hospital, 5% of those require critical care. And that's the same all the way through 39 years old. So from zero to nine, the 39 years old is 5% chance, uh, 5% uh, of the cases, not chance, 5% of the cases requiring critical care. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So 40 below 5% chance, uh, uh, not 5% chance, 5% of the cases required that. Okay. Now from 40 to 49, it goes up slightly 6.3%. So, okay. Now let's go above 50. Again, the number doubles. 12.3. So remember, it went from 4.9% chance of, uh, of requiring hospitalization to 10.2. It's 6.3 requiring critical care to 12.2. Uh, to okay, so basically doubles there again. 
Okay, so from 50 to 59 is 12.2% chance, uh, chance, keep saying that, 12.2% uh, cases required hospitalization. Then it goes up even more. So for comparison, 50 to 59 was 10% uh, hospitalization, 60% hospitalization to 60 to 69. Hospitalization requiring critical care goes from, uh, is 12.2 to 50 to 59, and it goes from 27.4 for 60 to 69. So that's a, that's a significant jump up, right? Yeah. So not only, that. yes, when you're 60 to 69, the, hot, the critical care goes up substantially. Now, when you go to 70 to 79, it goes to 43% uh, of the cases required hospitalization. And then you go above that, it's 70.9%. Yeah. I mean, so if, if you're over, if you're over 60, I mean, this is uh this, this is serious. And, and that, and we knew that in March 15th before, before we fandangoed it in New York, New England. So what we were saying whenever we said it, so we're clear is do we got all of the, did we get all the words, right? Do we say percentage uh, chance versus uh, percentage of cases or whatever? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to go back and listen to the podcast. What we're saying is, is that these three morons in Granbury, Texas, sat here before this report had ever been announced and could have told you not the percentages, but this is what was happening. I will never forget the day I looked at Nate and I said, oh my gosh, Nate, they found a 21-year-old who died, I think in Italy or Spain, of COVID-19. It was, it was, I was stunned. I opened the article. He had stage three or four leukemia. Like, wait, wait, what? Why, why does that not in the headline? Why Male leukemia headline? dies, not 21 yeah, He was an athlete, balls. too. He's like a hockey player or baseball yeah. player or something. It's like, well, so the media, you can say what you want, man. You can say what you want. The media did not cover this thing the right way. And that's our whole point. That's our whole point. Three morons in Texas could have covered this better. If you would have asked us, we would have never sent the COVID patients to their death in the nursing homes in New York. So yeah. you want to come lecture us about how to do it up in New Hampshire, where you've got 40 people and no one cares about where you're at and you're already social distance. Good for you, man. Good for you. The perspective is quite clear. Final thing I'll point out. Final thing I'll point out. When we were in, uh, and listen, this is not to say, that people aren't going to get it and die. I don't think we've ever, have we ever denied that, Josh? No, no, I, I think, yeah, I think that's. I mean, so if, if you, if you read this, go, we don't care if people die, then you're just not listening to what we're saying. We're saying just talk about, listen, if you give me, if I get cancer, I want to know what are my odds that I'm going to die? What are my odds? Like, you know, do, what's my, I want to know what the actual numbers are. I don't want to get some scare tactic. Okay. Forbes yesterday, July 19th, 6.31 PM Eastern time. Coronavirus hospitalizations in the U.S. declined for the first time since June. Now, that cannot be true. And here's why it can't be true. Because for the past three weeks, all I've seen is headlines about these cases, 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 cases. Can't be that we've gone down in hospitalizations. It's impossible. Let me say something there, Ryan, because this is one of the things that I haven't seen really commented on enough. So, just lay out a scenario. What if I, I gave 10 coronavirus tests today and three of them tested positive and there was one reported death? Okay. Mm -hmm. You got that scenario. Now, what if tomorrow I go out and I do 100 tests, 30 tests positive, and there's one death? What would that tell you? Um, what, what would the, how, how would the media report that? But what facts would it actually be conveying? So the media report we had a 10,000 percentage increase in cases. We went from three to 30, right? So, but actually what we had was an increase in tests administered. That's what we had. That's what we had. And we know that because the deaths that were reported were relatively the same. So similar deaths, a lot more cases, not a significant increase in hospitalization. So I'm not saying that's exactly what's happening. I'm just saying as a framework for understanding statistics and understanding how these numbers are coming out, a part of the reason we're seeing a surge in cases is because we're seeing more testing. I'm not saying that there's not an increase in the spread. Sure. I'm just saying that there's not nuance in the media's reporting and trying to at least capture that. So if the death rates are really low and the cases are surging, there should be some nuance in the reporting, but there's not. Uh, it's just basically. Well, yeah. 
Exactly. No, no, no. You're you're dead on. And here's how we know. For this is the final thing I'm gonna I say I'm gonna say on this. But no, I think you're on something there because I post this on my on, I don't uh, my, my personal Facebook page the other day. Um, I basically kind of just talked about just kind of just bullet points of what the media talks about. When you look at the media's coverage right now, what's going on with the coronavirus, it is not like it was in New York City. They are not talking about uh, you know the body stacking up and, and digging emergency uh, graves. That I mean, I wasn't in New York. I have no idea. It sounded pretty bad from down here. Okay, I, and so I'm not trying to make light of that at all. I, I, I'm just saying that's not what the headlines down here are. They're not. They're not that bad. Um, we don't even have more deaths than Connecticut. I, I mean, so what I see when I get on online now is the number of cases are surging. How many beds are available versus not available? And then the 34 year old who thought the COVID was a hoax and died. It's the third one that you should pay attention to because don't pretend for a second like MSNBC or Fox News or whoever you listen to cares about some 34-year-old. They're looking for a story. And the story is either A, hundreds are dying of coronavirus, or B, this is the guy who, or girl, or whatever, who denied it, and now they're dead. Which is the more compelling story? The hundreds who have died, right? But they don't have that story to write. Because if they did, they're not talking about some 34-year-old or 37-year-old or 22-year-old who did this and died. They're talking about the hundreds who have died. And maybe those headlines come back. I'm not saying they won't come back. I have no idea. But if they come back, who are they gonna, who, who's going to be people dying in those cases? Who? Uh, probably the people over 60 years old. Probably, probably people sick and lonely old. Yes. Can a 34-year-old get it and die? Sure. But so, so this is, so I don't know, dude, I don't, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know, but I, I, I'm just, well, you know. just, just, uh, just to give, just to give some perspective, there's a book that you actually sent to me, Ryan, that it will not necessarily dis, it won't necessarily change his mind and it won't necessarily disagree with him. It just kind of gives you a report of how the history, history of the COVID stuff and the moot in the media shaped up. So it's called unreported truths about COVID-19 and lockdowns by Alex Berenson. Um, it's probably and, and, 25, and, and, 30 right. pages. And it's just, about, it's just a documentary of how it, mm-hmm. how the media has reported it. And that's it. That's all it is. And so what I was, I think what I was referring to about now is coming out was the report that we just read about those date, about those deaths. This was the two million death report. And in his book, what Berenson says is that he went and read this and that's when he changed his mind. We didn't go read the report back in March. We were just like, what is going on? Why are people talking like this? He went and read the report and saw that the report said that it's old people were going to get it and die. <laughs> and so that's what made him really change his perspective of what is going to happen and uh, challenge how he reports on the issue. It was going and reading this report, which the media did not report on. Don't send me an, a head, an article here or there that says that, you know, uh, this, that, or the other, I, I, I get it. Um, it. It was out there on some level, but to act as if the narrative back in March and April was, Hey, the elderly are going to die at a disproportionate rate. If we don't do something, that is just not true. That's just not true. Yeah. It, and people and, and, that were paying attention knew that, but it just the media wasn't covering it. Yeah. And you know, I think that the, the final thing we got, because I know we got to talk about other stuff um, is if, if we would have said, in March or in February, hey, there's a virus coming and it would disproportionately kill people 50, we'll say 50 and over, I don't know, 50 and over in people with weak immune systems or 60 and over weak immune systems. Do we shut down the country? I got a sneaking suspicion that people, the answer is no. No. And exactly. what, what I had said back then is if we want to do something, subsidize the elderly for three months. And I said three months because I had no idea how long it would last. That was just kind of a three months, just kind of see what's going on in three months, subsidize the elderly so that they can not have to get their house. Not instead, what we did was we didn't subsidize the elderly. We sent the elderly to their death in New York. And, um, and then we ruined the economy and now we're, you know, have printed an ungodly amount of money. So if you want to get serious on this conversation, Tom, whoever you are, well, we can get serious, Bubba, but that, that ain't, that ain't, I don't think you want that smoke. I don't think you want to smoke when your governor, not your governor, when New York's governor sent people to their death on information that was out there. And then Nate, Nate can tell you about this. He wrote about this in the war room. 
they actually investigated themselves and found out and found out they did the right thing. Isn't that right, Nate? Yeah, uh, Howard Zucker, the um, the director for the New York State Department of Health, recently put out a report saying that after a very thorough internal investigation, the New York State Department of Health determined that the New York State Department of Health did a fantastic job in responding to the coronavirus. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was... Uh, I've seen... Um, I've seen some further after further review, horrifying things that men have done with themselves in like college locker rooms and such. And it was just nothing compared to what the NH NYS DOH was saying. They were very much uh, in love with themselves in that report. That's funny. Astonishing. That's fun. The, the government investigates itself and it finds out it did nothing wrong. Yeah. Well, yeah. um, I'm, I'm astonished. So I don't know who this cat is. I don't know what you think about the COVID stuff. I ain't saying anything. I kill you, but I'm just saying, look at the numbers and the numbers are the same. Uh, the, the numbers are there. This is, you know, this is, you know, why is, you know, I, I'm done. So let me just say this, Josh, don't pretend like the coronavirus is fake. Don't be the, I will be the person who will get it and die. And they will be playing this clip on the YouTubes for years about, I will be the guys that they will be playing the clip about. That's fine. Um, the point is we are in a fragile economic state right now. And if you go around thinking that we're all going to die equally and you don't realize that the elderly are disproportionately uh, impacted and you think that wearing a mask and social distancing is going to, to save us all. And you know, there's plenty of peer reviewed studies that say the masks don't work. Some that say they do. So whatever you want to say about the mask, I don't know. Social, social distancing obviously works, right? I can't give you the coronavirus right now because you're at a different place than I am. So I'm, I'm cool with social distancing working. No, no argument there. Um, but, you know, folks just got to understand that what we've been told is just not, what we were told at the beginning is not true. And what's being told now when the arguments about going back to school or what, Josh? The arguments about going back to school for the kids are, well, the kids might spread it to their grandparents. Okay. That's a fair concern. Yeah. Quarantine the grandparents. Send the kids to school. <laughs> you know, that's a fair concern. I think we should just officially recognize that the public school system is not an essential service and shut it oh. all down. Oh God, please. Can we, can we, can we do that? Can we do that? So anyways, I'm, I'm COVIDed out. We went way longer on this than I wanted to, but that review just, just hacked me off. I do not want to come to a state that sends, uh, or to an area of the country that is killing the elderly at a disproportionate re, uh, a rate. So, and I'm sure, and I, I looked at New Hampshire's numbers. They're pretty low. I mean, they don't have, I don't know how people who live in New Hampshire, like 30, 40. I'm surprised. 1.3 1. 1. million, I think, is what it was. 1.3 1. million in New Hampshire. I'm surprised they're still a state. They, do they get delegates to vote for electoral college? I don't even know, but whatever. Um, they ain't careful. We're going to come invade them. We're going to make it like a Texas, like Northeast Texas. We're just going to go <laughs> invade New Hampshire. Everybody watch the mouth. We're coming for them. Uh, yeah. And then we're going to start putting up our Confederate general statues up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gracious. Yeah, they got six. So New Hampshire's got 6,200 coronavirus cases, 398 deaths, 5,251 have recovered. So well done, New Hampshire. Uh, pat yourself on the back. Uh, I don't, I mean, you know, I, I don't think anyone actually cares, you know. All right, know. let's jump into some oil and gas, oil and gas. Um, not a lot uh, coming out this week. Uh, some talks. Um, I saw an article. I'm just going to mention it uh, because we were talking about the uh, energy transfer and maybe having to shut down that line last week. So I saw a report that came out earlier. I don't have it with me. I don't remember where I read it, but it said the energy transfer is basically standing up to them and saying, no, we're not shutting it down. They're ready for uh, a, a litigational fight uh let's see so it's an article yeah. here it says energy transfer ceo preparing for dakota access battle so they're not going to shut it down and i i have to agree with them i mean they went through the steps to get approval for all this now is not the time to start you know walking it back i mean there's too much money on the line 3.9 billion to build that thing and an incredible amount of money to shut it down so okay um, yeah and that's important because here so we'll talk about this tyrant thing you know if if they shut it down okay and they lose that money. And then they, I don't know if they can, I'm not a lawyer here, but theoretically, 
let's just say they could sue the government and get the money back. Who pays that money back to them? We do. We do. <laughs> we do. Okay. If they shut it down and then they win to reopen it, but they still lost the money, but we don't have to pay it back. How is that not a crime against humanity? And so, I mean, listen, it's, I, I don't understand all the nuances of the legal arguments being made here, but it's, it's very scary to look at, you know, companies losing this amount of money over, uh, you know, over, I mean, this pipeline has been, you know, in battle for some time. So I, I'm, I'm, I am, it's concerning because if you're a stockholder, you know, of energy transfer, you might want to sell, but then you sell and then they don't shut it down and they get overturned and, you know, you lost, you know, the, the stock soars and you lose the money or if you hold on, cause you're thinking they're going to beat it cause they are. And then you lose, but like, it's like, like this I, is concerning. I got, a, I got a little narrative here. So um, what would you say if I said that, energy transfer doesn't realize that the fossil fuels are going to be a problem for the world for a long time. And that the, the people that energy transfer their leadership, they need to get in line because right now they're destroying and bringing down the whole country with their use of fossil fuels. And so the, uh, the, the pipeline needs to, needs to, needs to stop because the governors are trying to, these, these environmentalists and people are trying to stop, um, the real danger of fossil fuels. That would be essentially the same narrative that, that we heard from the review. I mean, it, it's the same thought process of, um, yeah. And, and I think it, it again, uh, the people that are trying to shut down this, this pipeline, I would wager that they're not actually concerned about fossil fuels as much as trying to get market share in the energy world. Uh, if they can, if they can limit the use of fossil fuels, there's so much opportunity for other things to come in and take their place. But as long as their energy is more expensive, they're not going to be able to compete with oil and gas unless we can throw and levy some taxes or make it harder to get that energy to market. Um, and that just ends up being the case, I think, in most of these deals. Yeah. Well, it also goes to a larger thing, you know, with the, the tribal lands and stuff like that and the government permits and all stuff is that, you know, we have so much um, uh, history and legal rulings and stuff that's been handled badly and stuff that's been handled rightly. And, you know, in 2020, trying to, to navigate all those things um, is, is not easy if you're trying to do things. I'm not saying they are. If you're trying to do things right and just. And, and so you can look back and stuff and go, oh, well, how did they come to that conclusion? You know, I don't understand that seems wrong. But but the the implications today um, are are concerning because we're living in today, not a hundred or one hundred fifty years ago or whatever. Um, especially some of this tribal stuff is going on. So um, it's it's you know this is this the the problem with the large with the larger um, the, the the larger the government gets is they have they have more rulings and a lot of bad ones and some good ones and um, you know then you you try to sort through all that stuff it becomes a, a big pain in the rumpus. Mm. Well, there's an article that came out, Journal of Petroleum Technology, um, service companies aim to shave dollars with simultaneous completions. So there's a report from Schlumberger from April, um, where they uh, fractured two multi-stage horizontal wells at the same time. And they mentioned uh, another company uh, based out of Canada that is also doing it, and they called it double barrel fracturing. Um, but it's interesting, interesting read there. I'm not going to jump down into the details, but uh, there are folks that are trying to find ways uh, to increase efficiency during uh, during this tough time. So this is what happens during downturns, and it looks like uh, companies are are finding ways to um, to increase their efficiency. So it's going to be interesting to see how this uh, how this develops. Um, there is an OPEC meeting. Um, was it last Wednesday? And I think they reported that they're going to add in August 1 million barrels a day of supply to the market, and they don't expect this to have a major impact on the price. Um, what do you yeah, think, I think that I think that, so my understanding is that they were, you know, I think we said back in June that we had to kind of get to the end of July before we kind of see what OPEC was going to do. And so this is that 
cut or not cut or you know, this is that um, decision being announced. Um, and so I don't, I don't, I think, you know, well, I think we're, we're still kind of early on to see what's going to happen because was it San Diego and Los Angeles said that they're going to keep school shut? That's shut, but you know, uh, online until online, yeah. until the end of the year. Um, and then you have, uh, so you have decisions like that. I don't know what Texas, I think Dallas County pushed it back uh, for what a month or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what Texas is going to do as a whole. I haven't, I haven't been following that story that closely in Texas. Um, I just saw the headline about Dallas. Um, and so, yeah, I think decisions like that and stuff like that is going to impact it. Um, as our reviewer mentioned, you know, you can't go to the Northeast unless you want to be uh, quarantined. Uh, well, so I'm not going up there to be quarantined. Um, and so, yeah, I think we're until things start to open back up, it's going to be kind of hit or miss. And, you know, um, the other thing is we have to see what these companies are responding. I talked to someone the other day and he was saying that he didn't feel like you're going to see much in uh, uptick in drilling for the rest of the year. And so, you know, if that's true, then you would expect the, um, you know, the production to either go down or level off. And that's going to get into the duck discussion on, um, you know, how many ducks are out there, how many are going to be turned online and stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think it's an over concern at this point, but I do think uh, we still need to. We do, I'm sorry. I was trying to find something from Sergio uh, on the Houston Chronicle. Coronavirus live updates. Texas sees lowest increase in COVID cases, deaths in two weeks. Sorry. <clears throat> wow, our governors are really screwing over the whole country. Yeah. Sorry about that. <clears throat> anyways, um, so no more coverage. Uh, anyways, I was trying to see what Sergio's uh, drilling, uh, what his drilling report was. Yeah, he's drilling down, and I can't. Um, yeah, so here he is from July 17th. I guess that would be the most recent one, right? Uh, the, the headline is, so I'll see the Permian. So Permian Basin, California oil major Chevron plans to develop four horizontal wells. That's, is that all it says about the Permian or am I misreading this? Uh, Arnett, the North Texas shale play has gone now on three weeks without horizontal drilling permits, but Dallas pipeline operator Snooko plans to drill six shallow. Why you got those shallow, man? Vertical wells. To install anti-corrosion equipment for a pipeline project. Listen, we're drilling, baby. Okay, come on, Sergio. We're, we're drilling over here. Let, let, let us alone. But it, yeah, so you know, if you read this, the headline, I'm getting the whole story here is you know Haynesville is doing better than, than Eagleford. Um, so that's not going to bring a lot of oil online to put it nicely. There were no horizontal drilling permits filed in Eagleford from July 8th to the 14th. So the Permian doesn't sound like it's getting a lot of traction from what Sergio's saying. So anyways, what to follow that, but I think we're going to kind of take along here. I just saw a report that said, uh, this is just came out. I mean, while we're, while we're doing the show, Chevron acquires noble energy and first major COVID oil deal. So COVID oil deal. <laughs> COVID oil deal. <laughs> Which one don't got the COVID? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gracious. Which one's got the COVID? Uh, here's another thing. Uh, this is from Hard Energy. Drilling activity in 2020 forecast to hit all time. I'm sorry, to hit at least 20 year 20 low. Year low yeah. yeah, the number of oil and gas wells we drill globally this year is expected to plunge to the lowest level since the beginning of the century. This is according to Rystad. Um, I don't have access to the. Uh, do I have access to this article? Anyways, so yeah, I, I don't. We're not, we're not, we ain't, we ain't, our demand is going up. It's not going up exponentially um, until we open things back up. So that's going to be the problem. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things for the Texas roundup. I want to run through real quick. Uh, supply chains of national energy companies significantly impacted by COVID-19. So 75% of 2020 BCG national energy operator survey respondents face supply disruptions that impacted operations. So these supply chains, uh, this has been a part of the issue is that you need when there's um, instability um, on, say, the, the U.S. side, it creates a ripple effect all the way through the chain and all, you know, all around the world. And so uh, this supply chain is disrupted and, and people need to get back to some form of normalcy. And so um, 
it's going to be something interesting to watch because companies uh, around the world are having to adjust their production, their refining capacity, and what they're taking, what they're sending. And uh, it, it's a difficult time for many companies right now. Uh, Buckeye loads first vessel at South Texas Gateway Terminal, Corpus Christi. Uh, I was down uh, Corpus um, and uh, it looks like they have, uh, they're loading their first vessel at South Texas Gateway. So it's good news there. Shell producer Diamondback Energy cuts 2020 production forecast. No surprise there. I think they they were waiting to see kind of how the, how the demand was going to look for the rest of the year, and they're seeing that it isn't looking very promising. So they're cutting their production yeah. forecast. And last but not least, Welch Industry Partnership deriving environmental progress in the Permian. So as Permian Basin operators join with others in the U.S. energy industry and responding to ongoing uncertainties, the natural gas and oil industry remains focused on protecting the health and safety of workers, communities, and environment. Um, So they mentioned Eagle Claw Midstream uh, committed to transporting affordable and reliable fuels to meet the growing demand for energy while reducing greenhouse gas emissions. So uh, it's a report there of how the Permian is trying to improve their ESG uh, and we'll just have to see how that goes, you know. Okay. All right. Well, next week we'll be back with a normal show. Hopefully less ranting about the COVID nonsense and moving forward. Uh, have some good oil and gas news. It is, um, it is what it is. I don't know what to say. <laughs> it is what it is. We'll link to, we'll have more information about the Tumblr and all that stuff in the war news. We'll put that in the show. So if you sign up, We'll get you one of those out as soon as they are made up here uh, next week. I don't know how long it takes a couple weeks, whatever it is. Um, so, Josh, anything else before we go, my friend? No, I think that uh, I think that wraps us up for today, man. All right. And to the listeners, thank you so much. And until next time, keep on it.